This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. We're still in the series of Freedom in Jesus. And, uh, and, I'm, and like I said, that we are in a process of getting more free and free and free. And we know when Jesus comes, because Jesus is coming soon. And when we see him, we're going to be just like him. And we're, he's going he's gonna, to, there's going to be an archangel with a mighty trump. And we're going to be raised up in the air. And we're going to be transformed in a twinkling of an eye. And we won't have to be dealing with issues anymore. Amen. But until then, we got the fight, the good fight of faith. Amen. And so we got to deal with issues. And in 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 6, this is a good scripture because, like I've been saying through the series, our fight is not just against the devil, it's, but, but it's, it's, a, it's a warfare a lot of times in our minds and how we think about things. And, if you, and, and the Bible says um, that as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So we have to think right. So... You know, this, this is a scripture we've been going with all, all month long. The weapons of our, our, that we fight with are not the weapons of the world. The, 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 uh, on the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself against the knowledge of God. And we take captivity, every thought to make it obedience to Christ, that we will be ready to punish every act of disobedience, once your obedience is complete. And so we see here that our weapons are powerful weapons. You know, I said in the very beginning of the series, our weapons is the word of God, but not just the word of God. Our weapons are, is also the blood of Jesus, the name of Jesus, praise and worship. So we got a lot of weapons at our disposal. We know that when you worship God, the Bible says it, it, it brings the enemy down to a lower level. And so we know that it stills the avenger. And so we need to, to operate in all these spiritual weapons that can set us free. Amen. So I want to talk to you about freedom from the bondage of sickness. Because if you live long enough, you're going to encounter some sickness. Or, or maybe the devil's going to knock on your door with some sickness either today or tomorrow or down the road. Am I talking to anybody today? Yeah. And so, so we need to understand that uh, we need to have the right thought pattern when we get symptoms attacking our body. And so today is Healing Sunday. And uh, we, we, line number one, uh, the enemy will try to sow into us that we are powerless to our circumstances or symptoms or the doctor's report. When, when, when the sy- symptoms come on our life or, the, or when the circumstances hit us, or when the doctor's report, when the doctor gives us a bad report, a lot of times we feel that we're powerless and there's nothing we can do. But there is something you can do. You can trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. In other words, you know, religion will tell you that you're powerless. I'm, I'm, I'm talking today. Religion will tell you, well, you know, it's all up to God and and if God, if, 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 if you're sick, maybe God is, maybe that's in his plan for your life. No, God's plan for your life is abundant life. Amen. And so, and so religion makes you powerless. 
but but true Christianity and walking with God makes you powerful. I'm preaching to somebody today. And so and so you are not powerless in your circumstance. You're not powerless with the bad doctor's report. You are not powerless in what what other people are saying about you or your situation or even your bank account. Glory to God. No, no, you have the power to change things for the good in your lives. I'm going to say that again. You have the power to change things. And when Jesus came on the scene, he was changing things. He was changing things for the good. He was, he was healing sick people. He was multiplying loaves and, and fish. And he was feeding the, the hungry. He was turning water to wine. He was changing things for the better. And God is in place. If you put him in the proper place in your life, he will change things for the better in your life. But you've got to think the right ways about God. So here in Mark eleven twenty two and 24, this is powerful. Uh, this is the great faith uh, text here. And, and Jesus, you know, he's, he's, he's going to speak to Peter and his apostles. But right before Jesus speaks this, Jesus spoke to a fig tree. And he, 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 he went to that fig tree. It was a day before. And he saw no figs on it. It was what you would call a hypocrite tree. <laughs> it was a tree that was posing as having fruit, but it had no fruit. And so when Jesus came up to that hypocrite tree, you know, Jesus did not like hypocrites. Amen. In other words, he didn't like phony people. Amen. Uh, you know, he, 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 he came against the Pharisees because they were phony a lot of times. They were acting like that they were pious and doing all the right things. And they were doing the wrong things behind the scenes. And so he saw that tree... And the tree was speaking, no fruit. But he, he said something, he said, he said, he cursed the tree. And he said, no man shall eat fruit of you from this uh, day forward. And, so, and so, so the disciples heard it, glory to God. So the next day as they were walking by that tree, that tree was withered. And it was withered from the roots. And, uh, and, and Peter was excited about that. And, and, and he was excited about the, what, what Jesus did to that tree. And so Jesus answers Peter. And he's answering as he, And this is what I'm saying to you. You're not powerless. You are powerful if you understand how to operate in faith in God. And in Mark 11, 22, 24, it says, So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. So we need to have faith in God's power. But it's also translated, have the God kind of faith. So the God kind of faith, you know, believes, speaks, and receives. I'm going to say it again. The God kind of faith believes, speaks, and receives. And here he says, so Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. And does not doubt in his heart, but believe those things he says will be done. He will have whatsoever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever you ask when you pray, believe that you have received them and you shall have them. So we see here that that Jesus is actually saying is 
He's saying that you can change your circumstances. You can change the outcome of, of, your, of your bank account. Uh, uh, you can change the outcome of the doctor's report. You, you, you have the power to do this. And what he's saying is, he's saying that you need to learn to speak to your mountains. Because if you don't, your mountains will speak to you. I'm saying something to you today. Your mountains will tend to speak to you. Your checkbook will tell you you have no money in the account. The doctor's report will speak to you. Hey, this is an incurable disease. There's no way of coming out of this. Uh, The circumstances will speak to you. But you need to start speaking like Jesus did to the tree. He spoke to the fig tree. And this is what's interesting. Jesus, Jesus basically was saying to his disciples and to anybody who has read this text, he says, whoever says to the mountain, he wasn't even putting a qualifier in there. He wasn't saying, well, just my disciples speak to the mountain. He wasn't saying, well, just special people speak to the mountain. Just anointed people speak to the mountain. Just grace people speak. No, he was saying, whoever speaks to the mountain. And so, and just point yourself and say, I'm a whoever. You are a whoever. So you need to learn to start speaking to your mountains. But what a lot of us are doing, we're not speaking to our mountains. We're echoing our mountains. Oh, I'm preaching today. And what do I mean by echoing our mountains? What I'm saying is whatever that report is or whatever is happening in our life, we speak what's happening instead of calling those things that be not as though they were. Instead of calling those things that you desire to be, you know, into existence, you're calling what's already existing in the natural realm. So what we tend to do is we echo, I'm preaching today, our mountains. In other words, well, we get a bad doctor's report and we tell everybody the doctor's report. Amen. I'm not saying don't don't, you know, it's a doctor's report, but that's not your report. That's the doctor's report upon your body, perhaps. But you know what? There's a greater report and that's the word of God. And so we got to learn. We got to start learning to stand on the word of God. And here he's saying here, speak to the mountain. Amen. Or that mountain is going to speak to you and you need to speak louder than what the mountain is speaking to you. And this is interesting here. And he's saying doubt not in his heart, but believe those things he says will be done. He will have whatsoever he says. So I'm going to say this one minister received this as a revelation in this text is that you need to say it three times more because in this text it says say three times. And the Holy Spirit gave him this revelation that you need to start saying three times more than you actually believe it. In other words, you need to start speaking to your mountains three times more, amen, than you actually may not, at at first, you may not really truly believe, but the more you say something, uh, the more you're going to start to believe it. Amen. And so we need to start saying something, And when we start saying the word of God and we say it long enough, it becomes a law in our life 
And when that law becomes consummated, then we have what we say. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? Some people say, well, confession doesn't work for me. You, you have what you say. It doesn't work for you. I've tried that confession thing. It doesn't work. Well, you got what you say. It's not working for you. But it always works. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? You, you know, and so you, you, you know, I heard Charles Cap says, if you want the dog, don't call the cat. In other words, if you want healing, don't talk, don't talk sickness. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And so we got to get a revelation of that. And then even in this text, it says that, therefore, I say to you, whoever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them. Believe that you receive them and you shall have them. So you got you got to be active in believing that you have what God says that you have. Amen. And when you start putting your faith in the now, then God gives you that now miracle. Am I preaching to somebody today? Number two. Uh, 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 we need to, uh, faith is relentless. It does not take no for an answer. Glory to God. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So, so in Galatians 6, 9, so, so we got to believe this, that, uh, the lie is that if we don't immediately see something happening, God's not working. Have you ever prayed and, and, and you didn't see instant results in your prayer and it took some time, and then the devil starts talking to you, and the devil starts saying to you, it's not working. That your prayers aren't being heard, that the circumstances are still the same, or perhaps maybe the circumstances are getting worse. So, so we got to overcome the lie that if we don't have immediate change, uh, God's not working. That, that's a lie. God is working even in the process of our believing. And a lot of times there's a process in it. In Galatians 6, 9, it says, Let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. So he's saying here that that there's going to be times in our lives where we're believing God. And we're not seeing immediate results. And at times it can wear on us and it makes us want to just quit doing the basics. And I'm going to say this to you today. Any uh, uh, football team, baseball team that's, that's champions, they always do the basics. They always go back to the basics. One, one coach would, every, every year he would, you know, because uh, the, the, the football team would take some time off. And then back when they get back to practice, the first thing he would do is he would lift up a football. And he says, this is a football. <laughs> Amen. And if I had my Bible, this is a Bible. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? In other words, learn that your Bible can set you free. The word of God that's locked in your Bible has to be unlocked and has to be, you know, because the Bible says this, that my people perish because they lack knowledge. So we, what do you need? You just need to get some knowledge of God's word. Now in Hebrews 6, 12, uh, uh, it says here, we do not want you to become lazy because in the process of time of believing God, uh, we can get lazy or despondent. 
It says, but, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit uh, what has been promised. I love that in Hebrews. I love the New Living Translation. It says this way. I just read out of the NIV. It says, you will not become spiritually dull or indifferent. Instead, you will follow the example of those who are going to inherit God's promises because of their faith and endurance. So see, we got to have, have endurance in our faith. We got to have persistence that what, if we speak it long enough, eventually, if we're speaking the word, it will come to pass. There's no, there's no mites or maybes. It will. In Hebrews 10, 35 and 36, he's, he's talking about our salvation here. The Apostle Paul is saying, therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. Do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. For you have need of endurance, so after you've done the will of God, you may receive the promise. So what is the devil trying to do? Well, he wants to, he wants to put fear on us by the bad report or the circumstances that we're dealing with. And he wants us to lose our confidence in God. And I'm going to say this to you today. Don't lose your confidence in God. In other words, you've got to be confident that God is with you, that he's for you, he won't leave you, and he won't forsake you. You've got to be confident that God is going to do something amazing in your life in spite of what the devil's trying to do in your life. You've got to be confident that God is the turnaround God. He can turn around any circumstance, any situation for your good. Remember Joseph? He started out a little shaky in the pit. His brothers threw him in the pit. He didn't have a lot of favor with his brothers. He had uncommon favor with his father. But he didn't have a lot of favor with his brothers. But God put favor on him. When he was thrown in a pit and he ended up in Potiphar's house, he had uncommon favor with Potiphar and the household of Potiphar. And God gave him favor and whatever he touched, he prospered. And so, so, but he wasn't in God's best in the Potiphar's house. And then he ended up in the prison, but he had uncommon favor in the prison. And even though the enemy was trying to make, look, look, no matter what you're going through, God is putting his favor on you. He's opening the doors of grace. You just got to respond to it, believe it, and open those doors. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And then we know that Joseph ended up, glory to God, in the palace. And I'm going to say this to you. Your destination is not the pit. It's not prison. Amen. It's the palace. We are in a destination and we're headed towards the palace. See, I'm going to say this, that when you got saved, you, you, you went to the rugged cross and you bowed your knee to Jesus. Amen. But we we're, 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 we we're moving from going, you know, to the rugged cross. We're going to the throne room of God. Are you hear what I'm saying today? The cross, you know, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Amen. And uh, the world uh, behind me, the cross before me, but really the cross behind me, the throne before me. Because we visit the cross, we get saved, but we're going into salvation, a greater place, 
in God, we're headed towards glory. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Say, I'm headed towards glory. Amen. And so we see this, that it, it, it plays out that, that, uh, that even though we're not seeing God move like we want him to do, he is moving uh, and, we, and, and we just got to believe it. And through small little circumstances, he will reveal that he's moving in our life. Blind Barimaeus was an amazing man. And he was a man that I, I love this, this story. It's Mark 10, 46 and 52. And uh, blind Barimaeus heard about Jesus, heard about his miracle working power. And it says here in Mark 10, 46 through 52. Now they came to Jericho. As he went out to Jericho, which his disciples, his great multitude, blind Barimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out the more. So there were people that, that, that disqualified uh, blind Bartimaeus. And they were saying to him, do not cry out. They were telling him to be quiet. And so, and so he, it says there, and, and he says, but he cried out all the more. Son of David, have mercy on me. And so he... He didn't allow the naysayers to keep him quiet. Amen, amen. You know, you, when you're telling people your testimony that, that God has healed you and you still look sick, people are going to look at you like, hey, you still got, you don't look right. And they're going to be saying to you, you still look sick. Yeah, but you're not going with what it looks like. You're going with what the word of God says. You're not lining yourself up with what it looks like. Because looks can be deceiving. And just because you look sick, broke, busted, tired, doesn't mean that, that you're not prosperous. Because prosperity in every area of our life starts in our spirit and works our way out. I'm going to say it again. Our prosperity, our healing, is always works out through the spirit out into the natural. Because the spirit was here before the natural. So when you speak spiritual words of faith and you speak in those over the natural circumstances of life, you're going to overcome those natural circumstances. Can I get a witness in the house today? Amen. And so, so, so Jesus, uh, so, so I'm going to say this, your faith can stop Jesus in his tracks. Your faith can get... Uh, God's attention. It's something about faith that will cause God to look over a million people to get to that person in it. Why? Because faith draws God's attention. And so it says here that his faith was crying out. And so Jesus stood still. It caused Jesus to stop and he commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man saying to him, be of good cheer, rise, he's calling you. Now they're celebrating him. They were just, they were just telling him, be quiet. Nobody, the, man, the master doesn't want to talk to you. Now they're celebrating. The master, oh my Lord, the master has good grace on you. When God starts doing awesome things in our lives, people will recognize, I'm talking to somebody today, that the master is putting his grace on us. 
Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Be of good cheer. I'm going to say this to you today. Be of good cheer. Don't be full of fear. Be a, why? Because God is calling your name out. Uh, Jesus is praying for you that your faith fails not. Amen. Jesus is our intercessor. You're not in this by yourself. So he says, rise. He's calling you. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. This is really powerful, too, because he had a beggar's cloak on. And so, uh, and so what he did was he threw off his beggar's coat. Basically, what he was saying was, I'm not identifying with being blind anymore. Because that was the only way he could survive. And I'm going to say this, you know, your financial situation or what you have is not the only way you can survive. You, gotta, you, 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 you thrive by faith. Oh, you hear what I'm saying to you today? And he threw off that garment saying, I'm going to get mine. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm going to the master and I'm going to get what I, what I desire of him. Because God, God says he'll give you the desires of your heart. Did he not say that in the scriptures? I'll give you the desires of your heart. And so he says, uh, he says here, um, uh, uh, he is calling you and throwing aside his garment. He rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, what do you want me to do for you? Amen. And the blind man said to him, Rabboni, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight. And followed Jesus on the road. Do you know that he got his miracle? He believed God. His faith spoke louder than the naysayers that was speaking to him to be quiet. And I'm going to say this. Your faith has to speak louder than the naysayers. Than the enemy that's trying to speak and whisper in your ear that you're not going anywhere. No, I know God's plan for you. And it's a good plan to give you a hope and a future. Jeremiah 29, 11. So you may, not, you may think that you don't have a good future. But I'm going to say to you, you trust God. You have a great future. The woman with a demon-possessed daughter, uh, she came to Jesus in Matthew 15, 21 to 28. And this was a powerful story here. And I'm talking to you about not giving up. I'm talking to you about... Being persistent in your faith. I'm talking about that the enemy wants some of us to throw in the towel. And I'm going to say this. You're closer than you think to your miracle. I'm going to say this again. You're closer than you think to your breakthrough. And so we know this woman uh, in Matthew 15, 21 to 28. She was, uh, she, she, let's just read this account. It says, and Jesus went out from there and departed to a region of Tyre. Of Sidon, and behold, a woman of Canaan came from the region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon possessed. But he answered her not a word, and his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then he, she came and worshiped him. Now that's, that's the key right there. You see, she came to him trying to get an answer, but you can't get an answer without worshiping the, the Lord first and foremost. In other words, if you want 
what's in God's hand, you got to seek his face. I'm preaching to somebody today. If you want what's in God's hand, you need to seek his face. You seek his face, you'll get what's in his hand. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And a lot of us are trying to get our fix without the worship. And then we, we, we fall flat and we don't see the provision. Why? Because we haven't got into the place of laying down our life. And you've got to lay down your life to the master. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And so, and, and so, uh, so it says here, but he answered and said, I was not uh, sent except to the lost sheep of the house. But he answered and said, uh, then she came and worshiped him saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, it's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. See, she was a Canaanite woman. She was a Syrophoenician woman. She wasn't e- even in the household uh, of Israel. So, and he was called to the house of Israel. But this is interesting. She, being a foreigner, said something that really uh, that got Jesus' attention. And she said, uh, she came and worshipped him and said, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, it's not good uh, to throw the little uh, uh, bread to the dogs. And she said, yes, Lord, yes, even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed that very hour. What am I talking to you today? I'm talking to you today that in the process where it doesn't look like God is doing something, uh, if you stay persistent and don't give up, you will see the provision. A lot of people give up way too early in life and they throw in the towel. And I'm going to say this to you. Don't throw in the towel. Keep pressing in to the unchanging hand of Jesus. We know that, that uh, in Mark 2, 1 through 12, we know that the paralyzed man had some friends and they were trying to get into, I believe it was Jesus' house. He was preaching in a house and it was so crowded that they couldn't get through the front door. And you know the story. The, 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 the friends got up on top of the roof. They had to haul the, the man up, glory to God. It took faith for him to even be hauled up, glory to God. And then they tore the top of, I believe it was Jesus' house, the top of his roof. It says, the house. And, uh, and, and they dropped the man down, glory to God. And their faith was speaking. Jesus healed the man on their friend's faith. It wasn't just the man's faith. It was because the Bible says that Jesus saw their faith. He didn't say, I see the man's faith. He saw the friend's faith. If your faith is powerful enough to get you out of your problem, your faith is powerful enough to help your friend out of their problem. I'm going to say again, your faith is powerful enough to help your family, to help your children. To set people free. Am I talking to anybody today? Lie number three, if change is going to happen, God is going to do it apart from my cooperation. In other words, some people believe, well, if God's going to do something, he's just going to do something. I don't have to do anything. It's, it's It's the full throttle grace message. God's doing it all and I just don't have to do anything. But if you ever read and you read in the in the Gospels, you read in the scriptures, 
people did something to activate the miracles in their life. Jesus gave a command. He would tell them to do something. He would speak the word and they would step out on it and they would be healed. And so we have to understand this, that, that we're not in a, uh, you know, I, what some people will preach is a no-fault religion. And that means that God's in total control and whatever it will be, will be. And there's nothing you can do about it. Either God's going to heal you or he's not. No, there's something that we can do about it. We can position ourselves. I'm, I'm talking to you today. We can position ourselves to the, for the miracle. Because I'm going to say this, that, that Moses, when he was bringing the children of Israel uh, uh, out of the Egyptian bondage, remember the, uh, the Pharaoh let them go and then he changed his mind and then he started coming after them and, uh, and, and, and they had the Red Sea before them. And remember Moses, uh, he was crying out to God, God, we got the Egyptians behind us, they want to kill us. And we got the Red Sea. Sometimes that's the way we feel at times. We got, we got, we got circumstances behind us. We got problems before us. God, what can we do? And did you know Moses, God told Moses, Moses, you do have something. And he said, what do I have? He said, you have, you have the, 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 the staff, the, the rod that I gave you. And, and if you just use your rod and just wave it over the water, it will part. I'm going to say, you got something. What do you got? You got the word of God. If you wave the word of God over your circumstances, you'll walk across on dry land. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So we may feel like we're hemmed up today, but I'm going to say to you, you're not hemmed up today. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? So, so we need to understand this, that, 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 that the lie is we need a, a co- the truth is we need to cooperate with God. Faith for healing has to be exercised. Faith for healing. If you build your body, you're going to have to exercise with weights. Anybody ever worked out in here? We got some bodybuilders in here. We got people that work out. Glory to God. Amen. And you're going to have to put pressure against your muscles for your muscles to grow. And if you're going to, if you're going to work in, the, in the area of healing, you're going to have to exercise your faith through meditating and acting on God's word. Meditating on the word of God. Joshua 1.8 says it this way. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. But you shall meditate in it day and night. Think about that. You shall meditate on it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For when you will make your way prosperous, you will have good success. Now, let me just say something to you today. Brother Hagen, that, uh, that uh, had an awesome ministry, a world-changing ministry, and God used him to help millions of people. Uh, God healed him from a, a heart condition and incurable blood disease. Got him, got him off the bed of sickness. And uh, Brother Hagen said that he didn't have a headache in over 50 years. And he walked in divine health. Brother Hagen said that he would walk in times with the Lord that he would forget that he had a body. In other words, he, he didn't have any aches. He didn't have any pains. Could you imagine walking around with no aches or pains, not even realizing that you have a body? But the thing is that we think that Brother Hagen got healed and that the enemy did not come back and attack him later. The enemy came back and attacked him later at times, but he had to stand. But one thing that Brother Hagen, you may not realize, is that he constantly studied healing. 
He constantly read books on healing. He would read every day. He would spend time studying healing. And that was the bulk of his ministry was faith and healing. But he, he, he would preach it and he would study it. He would constantly study it. What am I saying to you today? See, I don't believe he would have stayed healthy unless he continued in the Word. Unless he continued studying the Word of God. In other words, you have to continue in the Word, like he's saying to Joshua, the book of law shall not depart from your mouth. You shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe to do according to that which is written in it, for you will make your way prosperous, and you will have good success. So, so he's saying here to Joshua, that was an untested leader at that time, that was brought up under Moses, that if, he, if Joshua would do this, he would have victory. We know that Joshua had victory, glory to God, because he kept the word before him. Uh, you have to, number four, you have to eat the word daily for healing. This is all in cooperating with God. Proverbs 4, 20, 27 says, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and their health to all their flesh. So he's saying that the word of God is not only life to us who finds them, but the word of God is health. One translation says medicine to our flesh. I'm going to say this to you today. If you just study the word of God, start putting not just the healing scriptures in your your heart, but just studying the word of God, it will bring healing to your body. It will bring soundness to your mind. Are you listening to me today? And it says it's health or medicine to your flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence for out of it springs the issues of life. Put away from your deceitful mouth. Put perverse lips far from you. So what is he saying here? He's saying as you meditate on the word of God, don't undo what you meditate by speaking the wrong things. Don't undo what you meditate on by speaking the circumstances or the symptoms that you're dealing with. Oh, I'm still dealing with these symptoms. Stop talking symptoms. Stop talking sickness and start talking health. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And he says, put a perverse lips far from you. Let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids look right before you. Ponder the path of your feet. Let all your ways be established. Do not turn to the right or left. Remove your foot from evil. And, you know, of course, we don't want to have any sin in our life. And sin can mess us up. We, don't, we want to make sure that we're getting sin out of our life. But when he's, what he's talking about is remove your foot from evil. That means that even your words that don't line up with God can end up being an evil report for your destruction. I'm going to say again, words not lined up with the promises of God, if they're contrary to the promises of God, they can end up being for our demise. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? We need, number five, we need to release our faith by speaking words that line up with God's word, always in present tense. What do I mean by that? In saying that God's going to heal me, you have to say this, thank you God that you are healing me. You've got to put your faith in the present tense. God calls those things that be not as though they were. He called Abraham a father of many nations before Abraham had his promised child, Isaac. And so we need to understand how God operates. And so we see this in Amos 3.3. 3. He says, how can two walk together unless they're in agreement? So we have to get in agreement with God's word. 
If you don't get in agreement, then you're, you're, you're fighting against God and his word. So we need to get in agreement. How do you do that, pastor? You quote the scriptures. You, you quote Isaiah 53. Uh, Surely Jesus bore our sicknesses and carried our pains. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted, but he was wounded for my transgressions, bruised for my iniquities. The ch- chastening of my well-being fell upon him. And by Jesus' stripes, we are healed. You, you overcome by speaking the promises of God's word. Amen? 1 Peter 2, 24, who himself bore our sins on his own body tree, that we, having died to sins, might live in righteousness, for by whose stripes we are healed. So let's look at Abraham for a second. And let's look at, let, and I'm closing down here. And in, in Abraham, how did Abraham, how was he able to overcome when he was old? He was 100 years old. His wife was 90, uh, beyond childbearing. And uh, it says in Romans 4, 16 and 22, it says, Therefore it is a faith that it might be according to grace, so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only those who are of the law, but also those who are of faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. It is written, I have made you a father of many nations. See, God changed Abraham's name from Abram to Abraham. Amen? And Abraham means father of many nations. So when he changed his name, it caused the people, he told his, his, his workers and the people that worked for him, my name is now Abraham. And so they started speak, saying to him, instead of Abram, Abraham. And when they were saying that, they were, every time they said that, they were putting a vision in Abraham, saying to them, Father of many nations, what do you want me to do now? Father of many nations, uh, what do you want me to do now? In other words, that when God changed his name, that's when the process where he was able to conceive Isaac. Amen. And so it says, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of whom... He believed God who gives life to the dead and calls those things that do not exist as though they did. Who contrary to hope in hope believed so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken. So your shall, descendants shall be. And not being weak in faith did not consider his own body. I want to focus here. Not being weak in faith he did not consider his own body already dead since it was a hundred years old. And the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief but with strength and faith giving glory to God, being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. Therefore, it was accounted to him as righteousness. Amen. So we got to look at this. What did Abraham do? Abraham, first of all, he considered not his circumstances. In other words, you have to, when you're dealing with whatever you're dealing with that seems to be coming against you in your life, you can't be focused on the circumstances. You can't be pondering on that. No, in other words, you need to focus on the truth of God's word. There's something you've got to focus on. And so, and so you need to switch. How, that's why I'm talking about casting down imaginations and every wrong thing. You need to change what you're focused on. You're getting healthier. Amen. You're getting, better, you're getting in better shape, glory to God. You're getting stronger, hallelujah. I'm speaking faith today. You're not getting weaker. You're not growing weaker in Jesus' name. No, the Bible says, let the, let, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. The Bible says, let the weak say that they're strong. 
If you're dealing with weakness and tiredness, get some scriptures that says that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Glory to God. And so it says in 2 Corinthians 4.18, Why we do not look at the things which are seen, but at things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So we don't look at the temporary things. We don't focus on See, your situation is subject to change. So we don't focus on those things. No, no, what do we do? We, we continue to do what, what Abraham did. We, we continue to give glory to God. Amen. How, how we do that? The Bible says uh, in, in Psalms 34, it says, I will praise the Lord sometimes. No, I will praise the Lord at all times. So what do you do? You praise God at all times. Glory to God. Number two, we don't waver in unbelief or doubt uh, in our circumstances. We don't allow, we don't allow doubt to come in. How, how do you do that? Well, you've got to speak to doubt and command it to go. You've got to speak to depression and command it to go because the devil will try to get you depressed over your circumstances. And 2 Timothy says it this way, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. So you need to start speaking that you have a spirit of power, <coughs> love, and a sound mind. And then what you, we need to do is cast, 1 Peter 5, 7 says, Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. So you need to learn to be carefree when you're dealing with circumstances in your life. In other words, the greatest level of faith, I'm talking to somebody today, that listen to what I'm saying. The greatest level of faith is when you remain peaceful in the storms of life. When you stay peaceful, you don't let the devil rattle you. You don't get rattled at everything that comes at you. You stay at peace no matter what. How do you do that? You cast your cares on him. For he cares for you. And the Amplified, 1 Peter 5, 7 says, Casting all your cares, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all on him. For he cares about you with deepest affection and watches over you very carefully. God loves you more than you think he does. And he's working things out. Amen. Number three, I'm closing. Continue to give glory to God by being fully convinced that God is able. God is able. God is able, amen? You know, He is able to do the impossible in your situation and your circumstances. And you have to, you know, maybe, I don't know, you should look back at your life and look at some of the impossible things that God has done. And as you look back at your life, those things, the impossible things that God has done, He can do it again. You have to keep looking back and, 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 and look back at the, at the amazing things. And maybe you might say, well, I, haven't, I don't know any impossible things that God has done in my life. Well, then look at the impossible things that God did in people's lives in the Bible. And if you study out with the impossible things in the Bible, God's not, you know, he, 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 he's not a, uh, a, a God that, that, that looks at people and puts special things on people. Amen. He, 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 he's a... Uh, he's a God that, that, that blesses faith. Glory to God. Amen. He, what I'm trying to say is he's not a respecter of persons. I got it out. He's not a, 
He's not a respecter of persons. He's a respecter of faith. I was trying to get it out. <laughs> Finally got it out. <laughs> Amen. I was, I, was, I, was, I was flying the airplane trying to land it. You know what I'm saying? Now, I, where's the airport? Amen. <laughs> and he's not a respecter of persons. He's a respecter of faith. I just landed the airplane. Amen. And so what do we do? Well, we keep praising God in the midst of the problem. I'm closing here because in Acts 16, you notice this, that, that, that Paul and Silas, and I'm closing here, was, was called to preach to, uh, to, to some people in a, in a particular city. And, uh, and, and they were called to preach, but, but Paul and Silas got thrown in prison. And in, 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 in Acts 16, 23 and 24, it said that, that, that when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them in prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them in the inner prison, this is the worst of the worst, and fastened in their feet uh, in stocks. So they, what they did was they, they beat uh, Paul and Silas with rods, they put stocks, uh, you know, they put them in chains in the inner prison, in the worst prison. And what did Paul and Silas do? What did they do in their plight? Well, in Acts 16, 25, 26, says, but at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns. So what do you do when you're at your midnight hour? Pray and sing hymns. And, said, and when they prayed and sing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. In other words, they were loud enough in their faith that they were just praising God and they didn't care what anybody else thought. You know, everybody heard them, even the jailer heard them. And what happened? Suddenly, suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's chains were loosed. What happened? When they prayed and sang praise to God, in other words, what they did, what they did what Abraham did. Abraham continued to give glory to God. And then there it was. They conceived the promised child, Isaac. You continue to give glory to God through prayer and praise and worship in your midnight hour. And God will work us suddenly in your life. God will work that suddenly. I'm going to say this to you this morning. It's not over yet. It's not over until the skinny lady sings, glory to God. It's not over. If you're still breathing, <laughs> glory to God. God is working on your behalf. God is working on your behalf. There's a song that says that God's sending an army in the middle of the night to get to you. And I was thinking about that song. I forgot what singer. I love that song. He's singing. He's sending an army. He's sitting in an army in the middle of the night. And I was thinking, where did this singer get this song? Well, he got it. I believe she got it from the Old Testament when, when, when Lot was taken by, by bandits and Abraham came by night to rescue him. And, and Lot did the wrong things. He wasn't doing all the right things. He was living in the wrong city, you know, and, and, and he, he wasn't cl- really as close to God as I believe as he needed to be. And bandits came in and, and Abraham got his 300 servants and by night rescued Lot. I'm going to say this, that God is sending an army for you today. He's sending an army of angels. He's sending an army of grace. 
He's sending an army of blessing. What? To get you into a place of freedom. So you will have, you might have a test today, but you're going to have a testimony tomorrow. You might have a trial today, but you're going to have a triumph tomorrow. You might be dealing with pain today, but you're going to be dealing with pleasure tomorrow. Did I have, am I getting a witness in the house today? No matter what God, what the devil is trying to do, God is turning it around bar none. Did you receive it today? Amen. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, I thank you that you turning things around. I thank you, Father God, we have more going for us than we think we do. I thank you, Father, that we're closer to our breakthrough than we think we are. And I thank you for the precious people in the audience today. I thank you for those watching online. And today is the day of your salvation. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. And God is knocking on the hearts of each one of us. And perhaps you are listening today and you're not where you need to be at in God. Well, today, you can do something about it. It's not just up to God. There's something that you need to do. And what is that? You need to, as, as, as Jesus knocks on your door, you need to open that door. You need to cooperate with God. So I'm going to have you pray a prayer. As you, as you pray this prayer, we believe it's going to usher you into greater grace in God. It will bring you into that place called there. So if you're ready to give your life to God, pray this prayer and mean in your heart. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Today, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.